We tend to think about spiritual teachers as some kind of saints, especially when they claim to be awakened or enlightened. And then, of course, most of the time, we're disappointed because so many of them don't live up to the reputation. They abuse their students, they have ego problems, or they're just downright jerks. And we have seen so many Me Too issues in the spiritual community. It's shameful. But the strange thing is, some of these people do seem to be awakened. They seem to have some kind of spiritual power. Then how come they still have these problems? To answer this question, we need to see the difference between waking up and growing up. And once you see that, it can be a big shift on your path. So let's talk about that. We are in the middle of a spiritual revolution and we know we need to change. But what are the secrets to spiritual growth and awakening? How do you get rid of the false beliefs and dogmas that no longer serve you? How do you see through your own spiritual BS? I'm Alex Vagale, aka the Dutch Taoist, and welcome to my podcast. So I meditated a lot in my life and I know a lot of people who are pretty advanced on the spiritual path. And the thing that always strikes me is that they still can be such assholes. They're able to meditate deeply, but if you interact with them, they're just jerks. Not all of them, of course, but enough to make you wonder what's going on. And I think this is a big problem in the spiritual community, especially when you stay in an ashram. That that can be just terrible. When I went to an ashram for the first time, I expected these kind of nice and warm people and loving and smiling. Well, there was a lot of smiling going on, but, you know, people can do the most terrible things with a nice smile. And that happened in the ashram. I was just shocked by all the fighting that was going on and the backstabbing and just petty stuff. Incredible. And my guru... He was really good at pushing buttons. That was a big thing he would do, is push your buttons. And he certainly did it with me. But it was so subtle that you just couldn't understand what had happened. But that was not the play of ego, because I must say my guru, Paramansa Hariharananda, I do believe that he was completely beyond ego stuff. He just liked to play with us to show us our own egos. So I was not so much shocked by his behavior, but the stuff other people did, and especially the people that lived in the ashram permanently, and the teachers. Some of those teachers, they were highly spiritual, good people. But oh my God, there were some fights and things that completely shocked me. I did not understand it. I had this image of spiritual people being, well, very spiritual very nice. And obviously, that was not always the case. And I could say the same thing with myself. I was meditating and having these kinds of deep experiences, but I was not balanced. I had emotional issues. I was even stressed. I did not understand why I still had this stress and emotional issues. And when I talked about it with teachers, they would say something like, just stay in the fontanelle. Just try to love everyone, which only made things worse. 
And then I discovered Ken Wilber. And it all started to make sense. And it completely changed my life. Now, Ken Wilber is an American writer, or you could say philosopher, I think is the best word. I think he has an IQ of something like 175. And in his life, he tried all kinds of uh, personal growth. Not just reading books and writing articles and scientific stuff, but also doing a lot of therapy and meditating like crazy. And he discovered something that I think is so important. It's an absolute game changer. He mapped out all kinds of developments and he discovered that waking up, which means getting these higher states of consciousness, it's not the same thing as growing up. So what is growing up? You could say it is expanding your empathy and compassion to larger and larger circles of people. And there are many levels of growing up. So you start out with yourself when you're a baby. You're just egocentric. You're just concerned with your own, with yourself. It is kind of a survival instinct that we have. But when you grow up, you learn to develop empathy with other people. First is just your family and friends and your ethnic group or tribe or country. That's what we call ethnocentric. And then you start seeing the world as one family. Not all of us get to that stage, and it's not just an individual thing that you need to go through, but a cultural thing. So many cultures were, uh, for instance, in the ethnocentric stage when we had slavery, And it didn't seem wrong to people to have slaves because they did not have that awareness beyond their own ethnicity. And these people, they considered themselves morally upright, God-fearing citizens. They were, you know, famous people like Aristotle and famous people, they thought slavery is just okay. And the interesting thing is you can be a realized being but still be part of a society that is deeply ethnocentric. So you may be, may be enlightened, but deeply fundamentalistic. And Ken Wilber says that in theory, even a Nazi could be enlightened, which seems strange, but what he's trying to say is that it's two different things, you know, waking up, growing up. And then there's a third thing called cleaning up. And that's the process that is maybe even more important on the spiritual path, where you start working with your emotional issues and do what they call shadow work. And we can do that now because of the new science that developed the last century, which is, of course, psychology. And the strange thing is, we don't realize it, but when the major spiritual traditions began thousands of years ago, there was no psychology. So none of the traditional spiritual paths, Buddhism, yoga, Zen, Christianity, none of them had any knowledge of the subconscious, of neurosis, emotional issues, or the shadow at all. So that's why you can be absolutely specialized in waking up, but have no knowledge whatsoever of your own emotional issues. 
you can have great blissful trance-like states of a meditation, but still be a completely fucked up human being. And what's so terrible about that is, and I witnessed this, uh, they did this research, and it turns out that during spiritual retreats, 80% of the questions that people ask their teachers are about growing up. But 80% of the answers are about waking up. So someone asks, you know, my, my sister killed, just killed herself and she was a lot like me. So I don't know how to deal with this and I'm scared. And the teacher says, and this actually happened, I witnessed this. The teacher said, oh, my, a yogi has no fear. Just stay in the fontanelle. And I thought that was terrible. And that was not just the, the, the first uh, or last time I saw something like that happening. And that teacher was very sincere and he was absolutely convinced that he was helping this person. And this was not even a monk because a lot of teachers, of course, are monks and swamis and lamas. And that brings even more problems. Because if you're celibate, and you've never worked on your sexual issues, that's a problem. And maybe not so much if you live in a cage in the Himalayas, but if you start to take your spiritual path to the Western world, you're going to have to deal with that. And especially when you have to teach people who have a normal life. And nowadays, most people on the spiritual path live in the world. We have families, we have sexual relationships, work issues, money issues, kids. So if we want to integrate our own spirituality into our lives, and, and this is really important, most spiritual paths cannot help you do that. They cannot help you do that. You have to do it yourself. And that means that your meditation is not enough. You have to go deal with issues because otherwise you will end up using your meditation to avoid these issues. And that's what we call spiritual bypassing when people have these nice smiles, but in fact, they don't deal with the issues and they use the meditation to stay in that blissful state without dealing with the real issues that they have to deal with. And to be honest, that's what I did for many, many years. So I had to do therapy and deal with my shit, and especially my body. And I think that's why Taoism is such a special practice, because it doesn't have any therapy in it, obviously, because it's thousands of years old. But by focusing on the emotional stress in the body, you actually are dealing with your issues on a very, very deep level. And also sexual issues, because in Taoism, the sexual energy is so important. And I think that's why it is such a unique path that's very suitable for modern Western people. And I can say that Taoism is probably, it has been more effective for me than therapy. But I did do the therapy and it was absolutely necessary to discover my issues and deal with it. So... We are multifaceted beings that need a multifaceted approach to our spirituality. We have to integrate the stuff. 
That's why Ken Wilber's theory is called the integral theory. So check out his books, check out his websites. And uh, I could talk uh, for hours about this. And this will probably, you know, uh, pop up in some other episodes. But for now, I hope this is helpful for you. And I want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you want to. Bye.